So let's look at Wiley Coyote's position function. And A, we're going to fill in the table of heights below. So you can see why I think using your table on your calculator would probably be the best way. Personally, I would like to use a spreadsheet because then I'm going to be able to do other things with it that um, we can't do on a table on our calculators. But since you carry your calculators around with you, go ahead and use them to find the heights of Wiley Coyote as he's flying up in the air for these different times. And I'm also going to ask you to, once you get to number seven, just skip down and fill in for 11 and 12. Now, if you make a table on your calculator, that's going to be no problem. You can see all the values in between. But for the sake of what I'm going to do next, I'm going to need these values only, up through 7 seconds and then 11 seconds and 12 seconds. So go ahead and do that and come back and see if your numbers match mine. All right, so if you go to the graph menu, y equals, and you enter in negative 16x squared plus 176x plus 192, and then you go straight to the table and do a table setup. Of your starting value, just start at 0. And then your delta table, that's your delta x or delta t. And I just used 1 second for my delta table so that the table would just scroll down, starting at 0 seconds, and then 1, 2, and so on. So these are the numbers I got. You can compare them to yours. 0, 192, that makes sense because that's our initial height is 192 feet. And then after one second, he's gone up, hasn't he, to 352 feet. Then after two, he's at 480. Three, he's up at 576. Four, he's at 640. Five, 672. And six, 672. Now, does that mean he's hovering up there like he does in the cartoon where he's just kind of hanging out looking at his watch, reading the paper, you know, they, they tend to do that, right? Is he just hanging out up there? Or is something going on in between 5 and 6? Then the next time, 7 seconds, he's gone down to 640 feet. So we can see that somewhere in between 5 and 6, he changes direction, doesn't he? And he starts coming back down 640 feet. The next one will be 576 on your calculator, 480. 352. After 11 seconds, he's at 192. And after 12 seconds, his height is zero. So if I asked you when Wiley Coyote landed, you can actually use your table to answer that, can't you? When he lands, his height is zero. And so that's why if you were ever in algebra class and they asked you to find out when the object landed, you had to set the y value equal to zero and solve for the x or the t. That's because the height is zero when he lands and the y value is your height, the output is 0, when the input, in this case, is 12. Now, there's another one, but it doesn't make sense for this problem because it's in the negative, on the negative x-axis. So this is the one that makes sense for his landing after 12 seconds. Now, let's look a little more closely at each of these intervals because if you recall at the beginning of this section, this whole chapter on derivatives and limits, I talked about average rate of change and instantaneous rate of change. We talked about doing a favor for your friend and driving them home and then coming back. This is a very similar example. You've got, after a certain amount of time, a position. This position happens to be vertical, up and down, a height, whereas the other position was was more like a, um, it was the number of miles away from home. So it's, it's a very similar model, though, isn't it? You have, after a certain amount of time, you have a position. Now the question is, on average, could you tell me how quickly he traveled in the first second? 
on average. On average, we're looking at a rate of change. Do you remember me using ROC to shorten rate of change? Average rate of change. And isn't an average rate of change a change in y over a change in x? It's a delta y, in this case, delta s, over delta x, which in this case is delta t. So if I take the change in the y values over the change in the inputs, the t values, then I would get an average rate of change. Now, because our times are going up by one second each, it makes it very easy for us to look at the table and get the average rate of change for certain intervals, as long as they're one second intervals, right? So I'm going to write on the interval 0 to 1, because you're going to see problems written this way. Find the average rate of change of the function on the interval from 0 to 1. You need to know that when they use these brackets and say the word interval, they're not talking about a point. They're not talking about the point 0, 1. They're talking about when x is 0 to when x is 1, or in this case, when t is 0 to t equals 1. So if I draw another picture for t, and I have my initial height 192 feet, between 0 seconds and 1 second, we have a change in position. And so if I take the one height, which would be 352 after one second, and I subtract the 192 feet, then I get the change in height over that one second time interval. So bracket zero comma bracket, sorry, bracket zero comma one bracket is representing the time interval on the t-axis. So the average change, the average rate of change here is what I get by taking 352 minus 192 and then dividing by the width of the interval, which happens to be 1. So 352 minus 192, you have zeros on the end, you have to borrow, 15 minus 9 is 6, and then you have 2 minus 1 is 160. So it's 160 feet divided by one second. So because I'm dividing by one, all I have to do is write 160 feet per second. That's my first average rate of change on the first interval from zero to one if we're going a second at a time. We also can call this the average velocity because we're talking about a position changing over time and the change in position over the change in time is called velocity. But this is the average velocity. Now, the next interval we might want to look at is from 1 to 2. And again, because we're going in just steps of 1, you can just take the two y values in your interval. Take the second y value minus the first. It's always the newer one minus the older one. So 480 minus 352. 0 minus 2 is 8. 7 minus 5 is 2. And I have 1 minus, 4 minus 3 is 1. So I'm down to 128 feet per second. You can also go into your home menu and just take 480 minus 352 if you'd like. If the numbers are not so easy to do, go to the home screen and do the subtraction. That's why a spreadsheet in Excel is nice because it'll do that for you right next door. If you recall, I did that at the beginning of this chapter. Okay, next interval, 2 to 3. So on the interval from 2 seconds to 3 seconds, he goes from 480 feet up 
to 576. Now remember, we're on the t-axis. I have to be careful about my scale because I probably didn't write my one close enough in. Two, three. Between two and three, he's still going up, isn't he? And so his average rate of change should be positive to show that his height is increasing. So I have from two to three seconds, 576 minus 480, six, nine, 96 feet per second. From three to four, I take 640 minus 576, and I get, looks like 74. Did I do that right? No, 64. I forgot to borrow. 64 feet per second. What do you notice about the average rate of change on these intervals? You notice that it's getting smaller? Does that make sense? He started up going really fast, and then over time, his height is not getting as tall, right? Because eventually, gravity is going to win over and stop him for just a moment and then bring him back down. So his average velocity is getting smaller. So that makes sense with, reali- um, with what we know realistically, or common sense. So from 4 to 5, we go from 640 feet to just a height of 672. So Wiley is definitely slowing down. Now he's gone just at an average rate of 32 feet per second. And then what's going to happen between 5 and 6? At five seconds, he's 672 feet up, and at six seconds, he's 672 feet up. So what we're looking at is we're on opposite sides of, see my scale's wrong. We're on opposite sides of the place where he changes position and starts coming back down. So we just happen to be catching at five seconds the exact same height that he is at six seconds. That's interesting, right? So. On the interval from 5 to 6, if you take 672 minus 672, you're going to get 0 over 1 second, so 0 feet per second. Now, here's a a very good example of where average rate of change can be misleading. It's not necessarily that he's just hovering up there for a whole second, right? He's probably going up a little bit more and then coming back down, and we've timed it to be on equal sides of his maximum height, we call that. Can you see that's the the highest height he'll ever be at? So we call that his maximum height. Now from the table, can we see his maximum height? The closest we get is 672, but do you think that's his maximum height? Do you think this 672 is as high as he goes? He probably goes a little higher, right? And so we're going to actually use the formula to figure out what that maximum height is. And we're going to use some calculus. So zero feet per second, and then what happens between six and seven seconds? 672 to 640. If you always take the, the later y value minus the previous y value, you have 640 minus 672. So now that would be negative, wouldn't it? So you'd have a negative 32 feet per second. The negative is showing that his height is now getting smaller as time goes on. His height is dropping. So when you take the later height minus the previous height, Let's see, we have 640 up here, and we were at 672. So if you take the smaller one minus the bigger one, that's where the negative comes from. 
just always take the later one minus the previous and the sign will work out for you. And then dropping down here, if I just look at the last interval, that's all I have the data for here. Going from 11 to 12, 0 minus 192 is negative 192 feet per second. And we're going to look at that number again, aren't we? All right, so this is looking at the average rate of change for Wiley Coyote's position as a function of time. And we'll see that, we can see that as time goes on, his average rate of change gets smaller, and then it gets negative, and it's the most negative probably when he lands, right? Does that make sense? Think about him going up and then coming down. He speeds up as he gets closer to Earth. That's why they call it acceleration due to gravity, because the longer you're falling for, the faster you're going, because gravity accelerates you and makes you go even faster as time goes on. So this is probably going to be his most negative rate of change. And because he started up higher than he lands, it's also going to be his fastest rate of change. Um, Downward is the negative. So I have his average velocities here.